Hello, folks. If you have clicked on this podcast, it's probably because the title has to do with relationships, and you are probably in a relationship. You may be in a dating relationship. You are looking at getting married. You might be in, already engaged, and you might be in your first couple of years of marriage. So if that is you, this podcast is for you, but I'll tell you what, anyone else, you are welcome to the table because we are talking about relationships. My name is Joseph. This is my wife, Lisa. Hi guys. And we started this podcast because we want to provide people with premarital coaching. We want to be able to take the 15 years of marriage that we've had, although my hunt baby, it probably seems like longer. Sometimes, especially with the especially with my crap that I have pulled, <laughs> and we want to take all those experiences and lessons we've learned the hard way and be able to pass that wisdom on to you. But it's more than just experiential wisdom. Uh, both of us have come from an educational background yep. uh, in counseling. Uh, we've worked with many people, both in the church and outside of the church, and we just want to be able to help make healthy and happy marriages and really give those of you who are looking at getting married a fighting chance to have a successful marriage. Absolutely. Now to give everyone the best chance to have a long and successful relationship, uh, we have a base philosophy that we're going to be talking about today. And babe, would you describe what that is? I would say it's love takes work. Love takes work is all about, it's not just the lovey-dovey feelings that you get when you're first in a relationship. You have to actually work at it to show love. You have to work at it to feel love. Um, it's not just about the first, you know, for six months or whatever. When I um, see people in that, I see that couples, especially in the first six to months to a year, it's about that marketing mode, trying to sell themselves to show their best side. And then you get to that point where you start seeing their true colors. It's one of those things where it's a, uh, it's not your true colors is not necessarily that a person was being deceptive, although that does happen in relationships. It's the fact that people are not perfect. Right. And so when you start seeing, you know, those strengths and faults, you know, that are coming out, a lot of relationships fall apart. Now, in some cases, that's good because you really got to ask yourself, am I, do I love this person in spite of themselves? Yes. And in other cases, it could be destructive for you personally. And simply put, in other cases, it just may not be what you want. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's why you're in relationships. That's why you sometimes do the work to figure it out because sometimes you figure out, wait, this isn't the right person for me. And I, I don't think I'm willing to do the work to make this happen. However, you know, what I've seen is a lot of people pulling the plug too early yes. and they're pulling the plug because, you know, everything was sunshine and rainbows. And now that we're two years in, it all fall apart. You know, we must have fell out of love. Well, that's what may have happened is not that you fell out of love. It's the fact that you've gotten to the work stage to make love last. Right. And so to be able to make love last, you must make a conscious effort to make it work. This is why we call ourselves heart and mind premarital, because you should have those lovely, lovely, loving feelings in a relationship, there should be when that person comes in the room, you light up, you feel something inside. Right. You definitely need that chemistry for sure. Absolutely. But then there's a part where your mind has to come in and say, okay, just because I feel this way, is this the right person for me? Or, okay, I'm not feeling this way at the moment, but I know this is the right person for me. Right. And so what do I need to do to keep that commitment? That's where that work comes in, where you have to really... Think about who that person is and if that person is right for you or if you're right for that person. So let's break this down. So why does it take work? Because, you know, I think Hollywood has given us this mindset that you meet someone, there's sparks, there's flies, and then you have your happily ever after. This is not really reality or even the case. Because why does it take a conscious effort? Well, philosophically, it's not natural to think of someone else before ourselves. Right. You know, on one level, and 
I won't lie. But the next thing I say, you'll probably be like, you just contradicted yourself. No, I didn't. Just pay attention for a moment. It's not natural for us to think about others before ourselves. And sometimes when we do, it's not even really to take care of them. It's because we're fulfilling a need in ourselves, either because we need to feel valued. We need to feel love. We need people to think uh, that we're the great person, or we just have such anxiety that we cannot say no. Yes. And so that happen a lot in relationships. So it's not natural for us to say, Hey, I'm going to think of this person without any benefit for me. And to be able to do that, it takes a conscious effort. You know, it, it takes a conscious effort to develop as a person. And a lot of times we need outside forces to guide us through that, to walk us through it, to even give right. us the strength to be able to even get there. Because, Absolutely. you know, babe, am I perfect? No. That might be a podcast that she will do one one of these days. You know, uh, I'm sure uh, we'll get a lot of laughs. It'll be fun. But here's the thing. The assumption is, is that we believe that the feeling of love will cover the imperfections of another person. We have this weird mindset that if we are just in love, then all the negative things go away. And the worst of the person will go away. This is why... When we are early in a relationship, it's kind of hard for us to see each other's faults. And there's actually some chemical reasons for that. Yes, there is. So, you know, one, I'm going to show my cards early. I, we truly believe that there are differences between uh, uh, males and females. Now, not in terms of value. Absolutely. All right. So not in terms of value. Uh, you can take a can of Pepsi and you can take a can of Coke. They both look different on the outside. They both have different languages. Their chemical composition is different. However, you go to any vending machine, you're going to buy it for a buck 25 to a buck 50, depending on what city you're in. Yeah. So the value is the same, but they are actually in essence different. This is where the science go. This is where the science has taken me is when you look at brain mapping, when you look at DNA, when you look at what chemicals does a person respond to, there's some similarities, but there's also some differences that are generally women and are generally male. And when we look at this, you have this chemical attraction when you have to someone, and it is testosterone generally in men and estrogen generally in females, although you can find both chemicals in, in each. If you have never seen, if, you have, if you've ever been in a situation where you have met someone and you, sparks fly and you don't even know who they are, uh, I've had this happen to me. When I used to work at a uh, sporting goods place, I remember I was the guy who could talk to anyone. We've had, we had pretty people come in and some of the other guys would say, uh, you know, you got to go talk to him, Joe. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with him. And I'm like, oh, you immature, you know, whatever. <laughs> Until this one day, guy comes back and he says, hey, we got this hot tamale who uh, needs help with rollerblades. And I'm like, I got it, whatever. I walk over there and all of a sudden I smell her perfume. I see her eyes, um, all her body parts are in the right place, if you know what I mean. And she was dressed to kill. And for whatever reason, my stomach started to go into knots. My hands got sweaty. I started to, you know, have some physical reactions to, you know, uh, to this, just like feeling that it was so hot in the room. I stumbled over my words. I come up and I'm like, hi, I'm here to help you. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, and I got through it, but I was completely and utterly attracted to this person. But here's the, here's the interesting thing to this day. I don't know what her name was. I don't know what kind of personality she had. I have no clue who she was for all I know. She could have been the worst person on this planet and I would have never known why, because my testosterone was flowing. And for whatever reason, her pheromones and her, uh, chemicals were reacting with mine and they clicked. Now, a lot of us have filled there and this is where we get the whole idea of love at first sight, but it's just a chemical attraction. Now, once you have that moment where you're like, wow, this person's hot. I want to be with them. It goes into the emotional attraction. Right. Now, how would you defend the emotional attraction, Lise? Um, 
someone that you get along with really well, um, someone that you bond with over talking, over uh, talking about things, thinking through things um, with each other, and just bonding with that person through personality is what I found. I've even experienced that um, with a few people in my life that I can remember, like we just got along super well and it was really, and it, it was like instant for us. Um, I'll give you an example. I was, I went and sang in Australia and there was this kid there at our host family and his name, I believe I can't even remember, but he ended up, we just started getting, started talking and we got along so well that by the end of it, it was like, maybe a week we were like crying by the end of it because we got along so well and just clicked just like you were talking about with the chemistry you can have that emotionally too and i really felt that way about this guy and so what's interesting what goes on chemically in a person and this can last for a, a amount of time this is a, that emotional attraction but what's going on in your body is that you're dropping dopamine, you're dropping serotonin, you're dropping another chemical that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm not a scientist. But what happens is, is that these chemicals are the chemicals that make you feel good. They give you that euphoria effect. They are the reward chemicals that says you are in something good and they will come in mass quantities. So you have your testosterone and, and estrogen that's making you attracted to just a person. Mm -hmm. And then you have these other chemicals that are coming in that says this person is amazing. I really enjoy being with them. These chemicals gives you continuously that feeling of, of excitement. Gives you that euphoria gives you that euphoria. And some of these chemicals can be in mass quantities for almost up to two years, and then yeah. they start to drop off. Yep. And when the drop happens, this is where you can start feeling that, hey, maybe we're not the right person. Maybe we're not connected, even if this is the right person for you. Right. That's it, where the work comes in. This is where the work comes in because in between it, you have a mental attraction that is going on. And usually this is the chemicals of oxytocin and vasopressin. Now, oxytocin is there in the early stages too as well. So if you ever met, you know, when you're, when you're on a first date and you want to hold this person's hands and you're trying to wipe off your hand, you know, from the sweat, it's all sweaty. you know, from it's all sweaty. Well, it's actually a different type of sweat. It's oxytocin you're producing and it's a bonding chemical. And this uh, chemical bonds you to another person. And when you are actually touching someone, cuddling someone, kissing someone, um, having sex with someone, uh, depending on the physicality is depending on the amount right. of chemicals that is coming in, the other person is picking up those chemicals as well from you. And you bond. And that's why even breaks up is so bad because not only are you going through a kind of a mental and a spiritual withdrawal, but you're going through a physical withdrawal as well. Right. I mean, sometimes when you break up with someone, you feel physically sick. You feel like you want to throw up. And I've, I've experienced that. And it's, it's not a fun feeling. So you're, this is what your body is going through. And interesting enough, women respond to oxytocin more and men respond to vasopressin more. Oxyto oxytocin is that cuddle. They call it the cuddle chemical. It's the feeling that you get and the enjoyment of being uh, near someone. You can get it in a hug. You can get it in a kiss. You can get it in just that simple embrace. That's why it's, you know, that's why people are having such a hard time right now with the social distancing is that. Right. We're losing on it, and it could lead to depression when you don't have that in your system. That's the why it's at an all-time high right now, the depression, because people are isolated from each other, and it's really hard for them to not be around someone. The vasopressin is almost that long-term chemical that actually helps really bond you in the long term. It also has to do with a lot with your circulatory system in other ways, but that's probably why when you actually have a break with someone, um, sometimes, you know, studies have shown that sometimes men actually feel it more. Um, they even have more regret about losing, you know, letting the, the one get away. That vasopressin is very important and it's found in both and it's really what bonds you together. 
why am I why am I bringing out this is because I want you to know we are built to be connected to other people. But without a con- conscious effort, what's happening to us chemically, we will assume it is things such as, well, maybe I have fallen out of love with this person. Maybe, you know, there's not the excitement in the marriage or it, it sometimes explains why people will even cheat mm-hmm. is because they're trying to go back for the dopamine drop, right. for That's- the excitement, for the euphoria. Right. It's very addicting to have that feeling, to have that euphoria um, and as you said, the dopamine, it's addicting for people. And so a lot of times people will unfortunately cheat because they want that feeling again and again. You know, you can, you can look up on the internet. Uh, I could tell you Harvard has some great studies on this where we pulled some of this information from uh, love and the brain uh, from uh, Harvard Uh, psychology today talks about oxytocin Uh, life is chemistry talks about vasopressin and uh, love actually the science behind lust and attraction uh, again from uh, from harvard from uh, the science science in the news so i would go and you know check out these articles here they would actually uh, help you and there's plenty of already articles that you can look them but i would encourage you please keep with an edu or a reputable um, site to pull this information from this kind of gives you an idea about what your body is chemically going through now why am i going through all this is because our bodies our minds and our souls are always in flux they're always intertwined and not understanding that might be part of the reason why we maybe make the decisions that we do because when the dopamine drops from being in a relationship for so long we sometimes foolishly think well i just need to get into a different one well no that's not the case if you sit and think and look at this person and be committed, you can make love work and thus raising your dopamine levels, your oxytocin, your vaspressin, and really be connected to a person. You can find couples today that will actually say, I'm in more love with this person than I did, than I was on their wedding day. And they truly mean it. I've heard that before. I've heard that from old couples where They've been married for 25, 50 years, and they're more in love with them, even though they don't look the same necessarily. And they might have changed a little bit, even in personality, but because they've worked at it, they're more in love with them than they were when they got married to each other. So how did these couples get get there? Well, in future podcasts, we're going to have couples who have had healthy relationships and um, been in marriages a long time. And you're going to hear a common theme. You're going to hear how they had to learn the hard way from mistakes. You're going to hear the work they put in to maintain their love. And when you put the work in, then all those loving feelings come back. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's my encouragement to all you is that don't give up so quickly on a relationship. Put in the work and put in the work early so that way your bond will always be there. If my wife did not put in the work, if I didn't put on the work, we wouldn't be here 15 years later talking to you. Absolutely. We definitely had to work at it. There were definitely some struggles that we had and we still do. And we just have to work through them and talk through them and that's where it causes us to come back together, bond back together and and work at it. Now, because every human is different and every couple is different, these stages can be just as varied. You know, some of you might be in a relationship for a couple of days and you'll go through all three stages within a week. Some of you, it might take some years, but I will tell you this, you all will go through the stages where you will go from, wow, the excitement of the relationship to, okay, I'm getting to know this person. I'm just falling in love with them. They make me feel so great, but you will hit a stage where you're saying, huh, I'm starting to recognize some things in them that I don't know if I like, I don't know if I could live with. And at that point it takes work. A, to try to figure it out if you're if that's the person you want and right. you can love or if it's for the person that 
you need or if it's the right person for you. And it might take work to say, hey, you know, can I live with this knowing that it may never change? But whatever stage you are in, all three stages will happen and you will come to a point where love takes work. And what are those stages? One more time for our listeners. The love stages are, you know, and many different counselors call them different things, but we call them, you have your chemical attraction, right. you have your emotional attraction, mm-hmm. and then you got your mental mental attachment. Okay. And these three stages is where you uh, go through almost every single relationship. Those who get stuck in one and two they're not giving themselves enough time to really get to know a person or they're jumping into a relationship too quickly. Right. Which does happen for sure. But we digress on that part. So let's get back to how do you make love work? Why does love take work? Well, for love to take work, you need two things. You need to have commitment and love. All right. I know what you're thinking. You know, I just said, you know, what makes love work? Commitment and love And you're like, okay, you just defined a word with the word itself. Yes, I know. But we're going to define that word even more because commitment, that's that mental part of it. You have to have that conscious effort to say, I'm going to do this. And love is the attitude that goes into it. So let's define commitment. Commitment is the mental decision to be there for a person through everything, accepting their strengths and weaknesses without using the hope of change as a condition for commitment. You see, a lot of people will be committed to someone not because of who they are as a person, both their strengths and weaknesses, but they're committed to a person because they think, well, I can change them to suit what I want in a relationship. I've seen that happen many times in relationships and Unfortunately, it never works out for them. What do you think is the danger in that? The danger is thinking that someone's going to change, that you can change someone when they aren't on the same page. (laughs) You haven't talked to them about the fact that, hey, this needs to change or this isn't going to work. And you think that it's okay to just go ahead and try to manipulate so that you can get someone to change for you. And that's just not realistic, to be honest. It's not something that um, is really going to work because people don't, people change, but only when they're realizing they need to change. I think it's okay to encourage change. Right. To walk along someone, to bring things to people's attention. But I think there's a danger when we're saying, oh, okay, I'm dating with this person, but that's okay. We're going to get married and I'll change that. that right philosophy, attitude, quirk, decision in them. Take it from me. It will get a hundred times worse when you get married because people will relax and think, oh, I have them now. And that's just not realistic. But commitment is, is saying, you know what? Here's, I know them well enough to say, here's where they're amazing at. Right. And not having the ego to say, okay, where their strengths are, that makes me feel bad about myself. No, no, no. Appreciating their strengths and then giving grace for their weaknesses saying, okay, but they're not perfect. Right. They, they get angry. They get down on themselves. They get, um, you know, kind of, you know, spunky at the grocery store when someone is rude to them. You know, you, you just love them for who they are. And that commitment piece is saying, I'm going to be with them. No matter what. No matter what. Their strengths outdo their weaknesses. I'm going to hope for change, but I'm not going to let that be a condition for me to be committed to them. Yes. I. That's where the mental fortitude and perspective has to be clear when you are wanting to make love work. And that's that's where you have to figure out, can you live with these these faults. Can you live with them? If they never change, can they, can you live with them? And if you can, then that's where you can move forward and figure out, okay, this is going to take work, but I love this person. And so I'm going to move forward. The next part is love. Now, many religions, many play, many, uh, um, philosophers, even dictionaries, uh, uh, define love, but you know, what's consistent with all of them? 
they all use action words. Now, because I'm a man of faith, I love how it's defined in God's word. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. You know, I, I do believe if you, and I would encourage you go look it up for yourself. It is defines love. I think perfectly for this podcast, I can sum it all down to this is that love is the daily words, attitudes, and actions to show the other you value who they are. It's a, it's very similar yeah. to commitment. Commitment is that internal mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to be with this person. I'm going to commit to them. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I'm like, well, you know, that's great when in marriage. No, no, no. These are the type of decisions you need to make even in a dating relationship. Absolutely. So let's look at that commitment again before I get back to love. When you are dating someone, you are committing that you're not going to go play the field. You're not dating other people. You're going to say, I'm going to hang out with you primarily. Right. I'm not going to kiss anyone but you. I'm not going to hold anyone's hands but you. I'm not going to do anything else right. but you. Uh, you might go through various stages. And then eventually I'm not going to be be with anyone but you. I'm not going to live with anyone but you. I'm not going to marry anyone but you. And the idea of even marriage is saying, I'm not going to even look for anyone else but right. you. When you finally get to that marriage stage. This is that idea of commitment. But but even though in your mind you're committed, because I've seen where this kind of loses it. People, you know, they don't they don't make the connection. They're like, I'm committed to this person. Yeah, but you're a jerk to them. Right. You know, this is where the love comes in. Love is that daily words and attitudes and actions that shows the other that you value who they are and you are committed to them. You see, you can say you're committed all day long. But if you're not speaking kindly, you're not taking their needs into consideration. You're not. You're not studying and getting to know them. You're not right. spending time with them. Then your commitment doesn't mean anything. It's dead. Right. It love is the actions and not just the actions, but the attitude. You know, have you ever had someone do something for you, but they kind of had a bad attitude about it? That make their act of service a good thing or did it make it even kind of negates it it spoils it people absolutely so for love to take love takes work the work is found in commitment and the work is found in love and when you show both of those relationships have a high percentage of making it now here's the thing i want you to understand It takes two to be able to increase those percentages of making it. If one person is the only one doing it and the other person never comes around, the relationship is doomed to fail. Absolutely. You have to be working together in love to be able to have a relationship work. Because if, as he said, if one isn't willing to work at it and the other one's working, 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 eventually that other person that's working so hard is going to get tired and going to finally be like, you know what, this isn't worth it. So what are some practical ways of being able to make love work? Well, curious is let's take, let's take the commitment part and uh, break it down into two, two areas. You got to make the work fun. All right. There's part of it. That's going to be fun. There's part of it. that's not going to be that much fun, but it is just going to be work. The part that's making it fun is when you're in a relationship Value your date nights. See, to that love takes work. You are saying, when you make a date night, you are basically saying, my time with you alone is important to me. So when you plan a date night, that is what you're saying. And honestly, hey, you don't have to be in traditional gender roles to to do this. Right. You know, ladies, you know, if you can plan a date night. And when you plan a date night, and this is not just to the ladies, but to the men. Study the who the person is, what do they like, right. and you plan a date that actually is kind of more catering to them. Right. You know, not just for you, men. You can't, you know, say, "Hey, we're gonna have pizza and play video games." When the woman isn't really into that, you need to think through what does she like, what does she want to do. If a woman wants to go to an opera and that's her favorite thing, 
then the love takes work part might come in where you may not enjoy it the most, but if it makes her happy, that's where you go. And if she knows that you don't like opera and you're the one that bought the tickets and made dinner and made the reservations, that speaks volumes. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to go back to the video game things. Ladies, you know, if you, if your if your significant other comes home, husband, you know, boyfriend, whatever, and you're like, Hey, what are we doing tonight? You know, what'd you want to do tonight? He goes, Hey, I planned a date night. I got pizza. I got wings and I bought you your favorite video game. I'm go We're going to sit and have fun with that uh, tonight. I'll tell you that man's going to follow you anywhere <laughs> from Absolutely. that day on. He will brag to his, his, his friend saying, I got the coolest check ever. So I encourage you both. Part of taking work is both of you planning a date night and it doesn't take money. It just takes thought. And when you plan a date night, valuing the other person, you are basically saying, I value my time together with you. This is works. And when a person feels that way, guess what? All those chemicals, bonding chemicals start flowing and they're more and more apt to be committed. Celebrating milestones is an important one, even when it's not important to you. Right. If your significant other gets a promotion and maybe your significant other is working at a fast food restaurant and they went from tomato scrubber to lettuce terror, you know, <laughs> and they're excited about it, you know, just saying, hey, congratulations, you know, hey, let's celebrate. When you celebrate milestones, and that was a simple one, but thinking of milestones, birthdays, holidays, uh, achievements in education, celebrate milestones, not just in a person's individual life but also in your relationship. Right. I know for us, we just celebrated our 15th anniversary. We had planned on going to a cruise and that didn't work out obviously because of COVID. And so what my husband did was he got the backyard ready to go, um, cleaned it up for me, even got a covering for our patio. And then he did a date night for us outside. We did a, he got someone to cook for us. He got our sons because they wanted to, to serve us. And it was a really nice romantic time. Was it what we were expecting or wanting? No, but he did put in that work and it really made me remember it and uh, appreciate it fondly. Celebrate milestones, everyone. All of these things take work. They take a little bit of resources, but mostly they take thought. Another simple one to put in the work is leaving notes for each other. This can be text messages. This can be old school writing on a post-it note and leaving notes for each other. I'm telling you, um, it means the world to people. The toughest, you know, most grizzled guy, he might still act grizzled when he gets a note, but internally he's melting like a little, you know, puppy. All right. <laughs> he, you know, sorry guys, I'm revealing some secrets here. So it is leaving notes means things and it takes work and it might seem like, well, I don't have time for that. I'm just too busy. Well, love takes work. You got to put, put the work in. Got to plan ahead and think through it. If that means if you know that you're rushing around in the morning, getting ready for work, write it the night before and just place it somewhere where she'll see it. And if you're not into note writing, then a text, you know, I, I believe people love getting texts that are more than just the third degree, how are you doing? When are you coming home? Pick up milk. You know, right. sometimes a text, it just says, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. Uh, I hope you have a great day. Mm -hmm. That can mean the world to someone Absolutely. and that bonds you to other people. Another part is putting in, putting thought into gifts to put thought into gifts. You got to study the other person. You got to be paying attention. You know, if you're, if your significant other is saying, I hate my hair. I wish I can get it cut. I can't wait to get it cut. You know, you're hearing that you're picking up the subtle hints and then you give them a gift where they say, here you go, go get your hair done. That means that the world to them, that means, oh, you heard me. See, right. putting the work in, especially into thought and gifts is you are communicating. You heard me. Right. And just studying them and seeing what they like. You know, if your guy is really into a video game and he keeps saying, Oh, I wish I could get that video game. And you have a little extra money to do that. Then do it, you know, study, find out, listen to what they're saying, because they might be hinting at things that you don't, that they're not even realizing they're hinting at just because that's something that they really like. 
study what they like. What's their favorite drink? What's their favorite food? What's their favorite, even sometimes candy or chips? Those are, those are little things that people really appreciate. You know, and you got, you got, you got to always studying. Some of you who are saying it goes, well, you know, I've been married for many years. I, you know, I know what, what she or he wants. No, they changed. When we were dating and early in our marriage, my wife liked a caramel macchiato. You know, and she is one of those that has those ridiculous coffee orders. I always make fun of her about it, you know, you know, and, uh, um, you know, it's kind of funny, but she loved caramel macchiatos. Now, you know, 10, 15 years later, now I'm now her favorite drink is vanilla iced coffees made in a certain way. And so that changed over time. I don't, I can't even remember the last time she got a caramel macchiato. So if I'm going to Starbucks and I get her a caramel macchiato, she'll be thankful. Yeah, I will. But that's her, her taste changed. Right. So when you are putting thought into a gift, don't get into the rut of saying, well, they always like X. Right. People grow, people develop. People do change. That's true. And if you're constantly studying them, you will find more things to fall in love with them and find more ways to show you that they're loved. And that takes work. The last part is making a point to spend time together. And yes, although we were talking about date nights, salary milestones, sometimes that's not spending time together. Spending time together could just simply mean going for a walk, could mean um, sitting out on the back porch or uh, sitting next to each other while you do work. Spending time together and making it a priority to spend time together because if you're so busy that you're never spending time with someone, then again, you're never around each other to be sharing those chemicals, developing those chemicals in yourself, and your body will start detaching from the other person. So spending time with each other is very important. I know. Also, also knowing as far as spending time together, I know couples that oh, we would be in the same room, they'd be in the same room together, but they wouldn't talk. And one would be frustrated because it was like, well, we're in the same room, but we're not talking. And the other one's like, no, it's great. We're in the same room and sitting together. You have to kind of communicate spending time together. What does that mean? Are Are you both okay with just sitting in the same room together and not talking? Or does there need to be conversation going? Because I know I know that couples have had that problem in the past where they don't talk about it and one's comfortable with it and one's not. And then it doesn't work out so well for them. These are all very important. That's a great point, babe, because you got to put thought into each and every one of these, but these are the ones that actually are fun and fun to do. Now to make love work, there is a section where it's not fun. And the reason why it's not fun is because you have to really look at yourself and you really have to take that conscious effort. And the first area is to drop your ego. Right. You know, we're not, none of us are all that in a bag of chips or for my Latino brethren out there. Uh, we're not all that in a bottle of Tapatio. All right. We're not the best. All of us have issues. Absolutely. All of us have weaknesses. We're not perfect. And you cannot think, well, they're lucky to have me. Right. Our mindset has to be, I'm lucky to have them. And when you both have that type of mindset, you could really get through any type of misunderstanding. You can get through um, any type of problem and you will raise the other person up. So you got to drop the ego. You got to not have that type of ego. Now, that's not meaning you shouldn't have self-worth and to know when to set up healthy boundaries. Absolutely. Definitely have to have those healthy boundaries in a relationship. But the work is to pull yourself back and not think you're always right. You know, one of the things that you will get in a different podcast is, do you want to be right or do you want to have a relationship? And when, and that principle is very important, but it's not fun. This is the work that's not fun because even though you're right, sometimes you should probably either keep your mouth shut or... Uh, go with what the other person's decision is because you value having a relationship with them. Right. You know, understanding another person's point of view in an argument is good. And if you drop ego, you would be able to apologize for the 5%. You might be in an argument where you are right 95% of the points in that argument. You are the one that is absolutely right. The other person is only 5% right. 
But if you apologize or make an effort to say, you know what, I get what you're getting at on that 5%. Mm-hmm. Don't use that word, though. Yeah, don't use that word. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't bring out the percentages. The 5%. <laughs> but if you know in your head, you're like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just drop my ego and say, okay, I should have done X. I should have said X. Okay, I see your point here. I'm right, but not that you would say this, but you're thinking I'm right, but I should apologize for maybe not asking you on something. That opens up the lines for communication and understanding. Right. Again, do you want to be right? or Do you want to have a relationship? And relationship takes some honest and open communication, but with love. Yes. Even when you're in an argument, even understanding how the person might be able to, so to speak, fight or argue in that does someone need to process what we're talking about, what you're talking about? Or do you, I know people that will go right for it and want to just hash it out. Whereas other people need to be pro need to process. I know for me, I'm a processor and my husband wants to go right at it. And we definitely had to work through that and figure out, wait, I need to let her have some time to process this before we actually go and talk about it. This stuff is not fun. This is the part of work that if you love a person and you want to, and you want to, and you want to make the love last in a relationship, this is the not fun work that you got to do, which is really think through it. You know, really think through how you're speaking to each other, how you're reacting to each other, Yes. you know, Maybe, maybe your significant other is being an a-hole. Maybe they are being a bitch and everyone who would have saw it would have said, I would agree with you. Well, calling them that is not going to help the situation. Should not be any name calling. And if you get called that, it's going to take work to say, I'm not going to respond in kind. Right. It's going to take work in controlling yourself and not saying, well, I would have, but they did. No. If love takes work and it's going to take work on yourself to say, hey, I'm, go- I'm going to treat this person with respect regardless of the situation. And I'm going to do my best to see their point of view, even if I disagree with it. And you may not do this right away. This might be something that you have to really work at. But if you are showing a conscious effort of trying to change and trying to understand their point of view, that person will hopefully recognize that and be able to work at it themselves as well. Another part of work that is not going to be fun if you want to make love last is learning how how to communicate with the other person. Everyone has definitions. I know between me and my wife, we're 15 years into this and we're still trying to work at this. If I say maybe a phrase that would say, yeah, it took us about a week to get this done. My wife will sometimes chime in and go, well, it actually only took us five days. I'm a very detailed person, if you can't tell. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, well, obviously a week is between five to seven days. Why are we splitting hairs on this? She's a very detailed person. So when we communicate, you can imagine what kind of uh, misunderstandings or even uh, issues that that can cause even when we're communicating with each other. And so if you love someone, you might not like how they define certain words, but learning how they define a helps you to understand them and B helps you to communicate with them. That's where you're studying the definitions and understanding how they see things. And it's not fun, but the long run goal is that you will have a more loving relationship. You will have a more understanding of each other. Again, it's, do you want a relationship or do you want to be right? And when you can do this, you can give grace for another person's shortcoming. Because I'm going to tell you again, that's not going to be fun. It may never be fun. Right. Because the reality is, is none of us are perfect. And if you truly love someone, you have to accept them for who they are. Strengths and weaknesses. And like we said before, you cannot assume or hope that they changed. Right. Because because someone you're committed to may never change that character flaw in them. And you have to come to the decision. Am I committed to them 
even though that this shortcoming will never change. And if you can do that, that is honestly the real, a real definition of love. Can you love someone in spite of themselves and still do what it takes to show that they are valuable? Love takes work. This is so important. And if, and all of our podcasts after this, I know we gave you guys a lot here today and we just kind of shotgunned a lot of stuff at you. We're going to have podcasts that's going to detail many of these things, how you have an argument, what are some principles of being able to argue um, with love, how to understand expectations, how to deal with shortcomings, how to deal with uh, various things. And along the way, we're going to have love stories that hopefully will encourage you. And I want you guys to understand that it's never too late to have a loving relationship, but I will tell you this, you have to put work into it. And like with most good things, sometimes it takes a lot of work that will take a lot of time. You either are going to have to be committed to it or not. And if you're not committed to it, it's okay to pull the trigger on a relationship and say that it's not, it's not going to work out because when you figure out that, if you think that this is the right person, but you're finding that you don't, that you're not, if you think this is the right person, but you're not willing to take, put the work in, you're not willing to be okay with some of the stuff that they're doing or saying or exhibiting in themselves, then that might mean that this isn't the right person for you. It might be someone else that is willing to take those things on and, and work at it and help encourage them in, in their shortcomings, but you may not be that person. Have you ever been in a situation where you've dated someone you broke up? Maybe it was a, a calm breakup, or maybe it was a very violent, you know, drama filled breakup. And then you see them with someone else and they're doing things for that person that you wish they did for you. Well, one or two things happen. A, they may have grown or B, you were not the right person. Right. Because someone who's truly in love with someone will want to do these things. Absolutely. I know, I know I encourage the girls I've worked with before is that, you know, if the relationship didn't work out, then learn from that relationship. Figure out what you want, what you need. Figure out what you want to be for another person and then move towards that in the maturity and into a mature relationship once that opportunity presents itself. And I know that's a hard truth and that's all that and it really hits the ego, but realize that not everyone is at the maturity level to deal with a relationship. You know, or even compatible with each other or even compatible with each other. And this is where the heart and mind come into play. Absolutely, You could feel everything you want for, for a person, but you also must think through a relationship. And when it comes to love and making love last, you have to put the work into it. You have to put the work into yourself because before you can find the right person, you got to ask yourself a question. Are you the right person to date? And it's more than just, are you sexy? Are you hot? Are you, you know, uh, do you look good? Yeah, that's that's the icing on the cake. But have you ever eaten a bowl of icing? It, it'll make Gross. you sick. Gross. All right. You got to have the balance. All right. right. You got to put the work into yourself before you can find the right person. You got to ask yourself, are you the right person to and, be in a relationship? And if you're finding that, you have some shortcomings and that each relationship you're in, it's just not working out for you. Then you might need to look at yourself and figure out what do I need to do to make sure that I'm the right, right. That I'm a person that someone might want or need. Get a mentor, get a counselor, find a pastor and deal with these hard questions. But I I, even took some amazingly enough. I even took some, Uh, classes where there were couples that were going through and doing some premarital classes. And I was taking them on singly just because I wanted to learn how to be a better person, how to be a better wife for someone. And these are always important. These are good. And that's where, again, it takes work to drop ego 
and to work on yourself. But here's this other part. You have to assess the relationship you're in now. Because if someone says they love you, but you cannot list the consistent actions, attitudes, or words that show that you are valued and that they love you, then you, my friend, might just be feeling a void in them and you're hurting yourself in the long run. Right. You need to assess that if they are showing you the love that you need or want um, because you don't want to be in a relationship where you're always putting in the effort and they're not. Love takes work, everyone. But I want to encourage you, it's not too late. If you are hearing this, show it to your significant other. If you feel that in your relationship, you're not ready to give up on it yet, well, find ways to make it work. If you are looking at marriage, you know, find premarital counseling, find premarital coaching, and work on these issues so you can give your relationship a fighting chance. And we're here, we're going to be putting out these uh, podcasts as much as we can for you to be able to listen to, find encouragement, find some self-assessment, and we hope that it helps strengthens your relationship. And we hope the best for you all. all right, that's all for today. And let us remember, love is not just of the heart, but also of the mind. If you enjoyed this podcast and realized that you and your future spouse could benefit from some premarital coaching, check us out on facebook.com forward slash HM premarital or search heart and mind premarital. There you will find a list of services and costs that might suit your needs. The first 30 minute session is free to ensure that we are a good fit. And if we are, we will continue from there. Give your marriage a fighting chance of survival and receive some premarital coaching today. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash H&M premarital.